Hello and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 119. I'm Jeremy and as always I'm joined with my co-hosts Ed Wynn of UnnamedGameshop.com, Jim Caselli of CoolStuffInc.com, and Douglas Johnson of BrainstormBrewery.com. How are you guys doing this week? And, 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 and 95MTG. And 90, oh okay, I didn't know you're, and 95MTG.com. How are you guys doing? Uh, I, I'm a little sick, but otherwise good. And apparently interrupting dog. Sorry, I'm in pain. What it's did you do to yourself? Oh, just like my hands are very sore from climbing. Doug, have you learned to fall yet? Like fall properly? I knew how to fall beforehand because I have a little bit of martial art background, so I know how to fall. Uh, okay, it's going. Up. My, that is the hard part. Yeah, my my friend did rock climbing and he fell very 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 poorly and ripped the tendons on the back of both of his knees and can't walk so like forever uh his his physical therapy is not going very well he's been like messed up for like a year and a half now jesus yeah so be be careful is what i was trying to say was it like an indoor gym and like how badly did he fuck that because like the gym i have or i'm at is has like a bunch of mats and like it's very very difficult to fuck up your fall he was you know because he's kind of an idiot he was doing a uh climb that he probably shouldn't have been doing and when he fell he fell and locked his legs and ripped the tendons like you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to like that's that's like the worst possible i know that's what i'm saying i just wanted to make sure you knew how to fall properly because that's the worst possible way to do it and he did it that way okay when it comes to the best possible way to buy magic cards we thank our sponsors coolstuffinc.com who provided us with $25 gift certificates with free shipping on orders of $100 or more and a sweet 25% BIOS bonus coolstuffinc.com is a store for all of your magic the gathering needs that was a that was a fun intro don't smash your tendons kids yeah if you Hashtag don't buy MTG from cool planets. stuff the amount of money you're going to pay will make you smash your tendons or right. something to that right. effect. Um, we have some stuff going on this week. First off, I feel like we should praise certain members of this cast that are not named me. Ed and Jim's picks of everything, where Jim said Ixalan EV would basically double at rotation. And Ed, who wasn't on this week, said that you should be buying as many of the check lands at like a dollar each as you should. Well, they paid off in spades. So congrats to you guys for knowing how to do a pick of the week. Wait, did the check lands go up already? Yes. Uh, uh, the red white one's like $6 now from a dollar or like 75 cents on TCG low. Yeah. You might want to reprice them. I also did not know this Doug. Sulfur falls is $7. No. Yeah. Inspiring vintage is $2 TCG mid you idiot. The Dominaria Checklands, Doug, oh. not the Fastlands. You, you said Fastlands at the start. I'm pretty sure I said Checklands. I think I heard Checklands. So yeah, you might I want to check your hearing, Doug. Man, I don't want Jeremy to be right, but I would just like to I, I swear I heard Fastlands. Well, go back and tweet at Rose of Thorns if uh, you heard Checklands, guys. Uh, Vivian I mean, I Reed be- also doubled, which Ed also called as a pick of the week before this. And Vraska, which Ed also called and Jim also called and I also called, also went up about 75%. So good job, guys. We are making our listeners money or artificially influencing the market. I don't know if I have enough old school magic boxes behind me for this video, but uh, we're we're getting to the uh, beta investments level, I guess. Um, Yeah. So other than that, good job on the picks. Uh, Let's get into some finance, I guess, this week. TCG just announced and PayPal just PayPal announced first that they will be adding a 1% fee following Venmo when it comes to instant transactions. Uh, If you're trying to do those, this has been a topic basically all over MTG finance groups today. Um, You have people coming out and saying TCG uses a platform to process payments that is way less than 1%. I believe it's something like 0.025% or 0.25 of a percent. Um, but PayPal has increased the amount of fees they're taking for instant speed transactions. Now, was that just an increase on goods and services or is it just a, an addition, like adding a fee to friends and family? I'm pretty sure it's when you try to transfer money from your account to your bank. Oh, oh it's like now 1%. PayPal, if you try to PayPal do it, yes. If you try to do it the same day, it's a 1% fee. 
if you do the normal thing like a check and you wait three days, it is still free. Oh, so that doesn't really mean anything. No, but people are freaking out about it because I guess they're like maxing out their credit cards and then they're like, oh, I need to sell this stuff real fast to be able to pay off my credit card the day it's due, which happens a lot where I am. So I'm not no, sure. I thought, I, you, got, you got me worried for a second because I thought you were saying that like they were adding a fee to friends and family and I was like, wait, what? That's yeah, just, pay, just PayPal me it, Doug. It'll be fine. You don't have to worry about PayPal. Just 1% of, you know. Uh, but it's just something to keep in mind that fees are going up. TCG player hasn't changed the amount that they are um, uh, charging. And they're also expanding to Atlanta, which I think Doug knew about. They're offering jobs for the technological server down there. So it's interesting to see what's going on with the growth of TCG player um, and specifically the fees and how that will affect online merchants. Uh, Venmo recently changed uh, their fee structure to 1%, but that's on stuff that's uh, sent, I believe as well as like if you're depositing into your bank account on instant speed. Um, and if people don't know what Venmo is, it's like the East Coast version of PayPal. It's the ghetto the young PayPal. Kids. No, man, all the young kids use it now. No one uses uh, PayPal. The dinosaurs like us just use PayPal. Ven Venmo is like PayPal with emojis. Right. And you can see what people are sending. Uh, so like I can see what Doug is receiving money for, which is a little interesting if yeah, he uses you can, Venmo. You can put like really suggestive notes and then people are like why did you pay doug you know fifty dollars for a handy or whatever uh, this okay. cast is sponsored but all right um okay yeah someone forgot that we have sponsors to to stand in line with jim um other than that we are seeing a repress in prices on masterpieces and other high-end cards there is a a ton of old school stuff just flooding the market right now. Basically every Facebook group you go on, there's just ton like tens and tens of thousands of dollars of stuff as people try to get rid of it before eternal weekend. Um, and repricing unlimited garbage right now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's, I, I have a set of antiquities that I've been slowly selling lately and, uh, I just have to keep lowering prices because everyone's trying to undercut each other. So we're starting to see some of the high end stuff, uh, go down a little bit including masterpieces, which is probably a good thing. I think everyone called that after the crazy year we've had. Most of the reserveless stuff has started retracing in price as well. Um, but Ed, you had a vacation this weekend at a Grand Prix. Was there anything you noticed out in the Far East? Uh, the weather's nice out here. It's way nicer than it was in Chiba. Um, no, not really. Pretty on par with uh, most GPs I've been to at this point. Uh, team GPs seem a little rough on the vendor side. It seems to me like Fridays are just exceptionally bad at uh, at team events on um, uh, just for team events for vendors in general. Montreal uh, was awful. Uh, that was last weekend, right? That was my, during my tournament. Yeah, you know, Montreal I, was a, <laughs> like a week and a half ago, or a week and yeah. a day ago, or something like that. But it was it was just plain limited, but it was still awful. Yep, that's kind of surprising. It, I feel like the limited events that are the first one, like kind of the premier, uh, like well, it was a holiday weekend, which like I didn't realize until we got there. Wait, what holiday was it? It was Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, right. So not yeah. a holiday. Uh, I, I agree, but they but consider it a. I was going to say, is it a holiday in the country that you're having the Grand Prix in? Yes. Yeah. I it, go is a, that. it is the first day that they broke bread with the moose or whatever the fuck they do over there. <laughs> uh, Man, did you say what I said was insensitive? Uh, anyways. Many F-bombs we get again? I haven't been on here in a while. It seems to me that there's like a random theme with like Channel Fireball seeming to like schedule events on like odd holidays. Like earlier this year when I was in Copenhagen, apparently like there was some sort of like holiday in Scandinavia that was big before the GP and that kind of hurt attendance. I can only assume that it makes like the um the venue much cheaper because it allows like there's probably one where there's just not a lot of big events going on because uh people intentionally avoid the holidays. Yeah. Um so, like, like now that you mentioned it, it's like, oh, this is not the first time I've heard that there seems to be a GP overlapping with a holiday weekend, which at this point seems to be a little bit more co than coincidence. And everybody um, I but, talked to in Montreal said that they chose the worst out of every convention center. 
Because that was my first oh. GP Montreal, but they, they just picked like the worst convention center. I loved mm. Corbin's drawing of the convention center or whatever image he put up where it was like a labyrinth and like yeah, even coverage like didn't know where bunker. it was. Yeah. Out um, of every possible threat that Canada has ever received for war, which is never, they're like, we got we need to have an underground bunker. And then eventually after the Red Scare, they reworked it into a convention center. Huh. Interesting. You had to take 18 right turns, and it was there was 18 flights of stairs up and down, and then you ended up on the same level anyway. There was one escalator. Huh. Well, I had a pretty easy time that weekend. I Monty said it was a bad weekend too. I guess you were behind the boot. You were behind a booth that weekend, Doug. Yeah, I was buying with 95. Was there any trends that you noticed there? Were dual selling at all? Because we've also seen those just like plummet basically. I know that uh, you guys had UC. You had Volcanic at 350 on the hot list, I believe. Whereas, like, at Vegas, for example, you had had it at, like, four-something. Yeah, I mean, also the prices were in CAD, so everything Oh, so, yeah, that's even a little crazier. Yeah. Huh. But was there anything that sold really well at the booth that you want to talk about, or not really? Uh, not really. It was it was pretty slow GP. I got to buy a bunch of Alpha stuff, which is cool. Have you uh, sold it all yet? It wasn't for I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, it wasn't for you. No, I mean I I bought stuff at a like on the buy mat alpha stuff, but I got like alpha swords, alpha witch, alpha dark rituals. Yeah, there's a couple alpha collectors that are picking up the amount that they're spending, including some listeners of this cast. So if you had bought it for yourself, I would have just pointed you yeah. that way. Um. Yeah, I guess alpha keeps going up. That's one thing that hasn't been affected by the recent price trends. Um. We actually have a question that isn't the pick of the week, but this is a really good, uh, or that isn't the credit winner of the week, but it was a really good question that I wanted everyone to answer on this cast. Um, you can ask questions on gatheringmagic.com. Basically, the question was, all right, we've all agreed and seen that prices are dropping through the end of the year, just like every year, but which uh, type of investment will retain the best value going into next year? Um, and the question was, uh, is modern standard or old school going to carry the best return on investment going into like April of next year. If you had money and you were, you were investing right now, what would you invest in out of those three? And I guess casual casual garbage, none of the above. Yeah. I was about to say, I guess we can also do our own stuff if you want, but like say you had a thousand bucks, what would you put it in going in towards the end of the year, being able to take advantage of black Friday deals? Where would you go with that? If you actually play old school or if you know what the format looks like or if you're actually personally invested, like, I want cards to not have to pay more for them later, then sure, go old school because you actually know what the hell you're doing. Uh, modern, I feel like we're just waiting for a bunch of stuff to get reprinted to buy in later. Standard's a garbage format that you shouldn't try to make money on. So buy casual garbage. Always. I, I kind of agree with... Uh with uh doug here um honestly i've seen a lot of the like commander sets much lower than msrp you could just buy a couple of those and wait a year until they disappear and then people want them or they print new cards that really synergize with the older commanders eventually those will become expensive even the sh like the worst decks like the red white one which everyone hated because it was like a giant theme don't deck. even get me started on that deck yeah, I know you know. Waiting to battle. It was an awful deck when it came out. And then, like, two years later, it was the most expensive deck by a large margin. Commander decks are weird like that. They can have cards that become very good later, and people don't know where they are anymore because commander players don't really sell their collections. And then, all of a sudden, the seal products are worth infinite. Ed. Uh, does it have to be magic? Because I like Facebook stock at like one hundred and fifty-three dollars. That's oh, are we making a bet on this as well? Oh I'm no, no, I've October bets. This is uh, this is. Oh man, this sounds like a great bet. Yeah, be no. like a, a honeymoon <laughs> bet. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not running this back. I you like know, I. I, I can't suffer Jeremy being right twice. The amount of vendors that are tuned into Ed shaving his head next weekend. I mean, yeah. I have not stopped getting messages. I mean, I also haven't stopped posting about it, but I haven't stopped getting messages about the how happy the MTG finance community is for Ed to be bald at vending a Grand Prix in New Jersey. I won't be bald by then. Yeah, you will. Yeah, why would I be Friday, and then you have to go to Jer like the Jersey GPs that weekend. 
Yeah, jerseys on Saturday. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he realized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Atlanta probably eternal weekend in Atlanta. I have to find a hat still. Yeah. Um, so what you besides Facebook stock, you got to give something oh good to gosh. the listeners. Sorry, I got a timeout. Jeremy, you should buy him a blues hat. I I do have a poofy blues hat. But... I bring it to the bring it to the wedding. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Ed, do you have anything relevant for our listeners that isn't Facebook stock? Because the last time you tried Bitcoin, that also flopped. So we need something that will make our listeners money this time. Uh, I mean, I guess if you just follow trends on standard, like gold card mid range is just like straight up the best deck. I think someone uh, tweeted about how the Moto PTQ on Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday, something like that. I think it was like seventy five percent gold guard mid range in uh, in the top eight. Um, so like we've already seen like most Aquarius blind cards go up. Um, like you mentioned, like Vivian. Nebraska, like Jade Light Ranger. There's lots of cards that have like done very well. It feels like a lot of the lists are un, like not super refined. I see people like if you look at the top list of Goldfish, like a lot of them seem to have like a um, explore theme underneath. I feel like you can probably do better in standard than playing like Seeker Squire or uh, the Walker, the One Three or whatever. Um, I, I think if you kind of want to start thinking ahead, you might want to look at like some cards that maybe punish these decks that will do well. Um, alternatively, you can kind of start thinking ahead to uh, was it Ravnica Allegiance, and uh, you can start buying like the Shocklands that haven't gone up, or not the Shocklands, the Checklands that haven't gone up yet, like Clifftop Retreat, Sulphur Falls, Woodland Cemetery. Right, these are all parts of decks raised as a standard. You're too late. Right. They already went up five to six hundred percent. Sulphur Falls is like ten dollars. It's yeah. ridiculous. Right, right, right. But like these already have guilds in them, right? Now or now start thinking about like once well, isolated chapel hasn't gone up yet. Um Right. Right. Like start thinking ahead to like the next standard and see like who, anything from that iteration that could possibly be good. Maybe we see Nexus of Fate decks again. Uh Nexus of Fate has just kinda like fallen off the radar. But like if mid range decks do well, then like the next iteration will just be people playing control decks and punishing mid range decks. Um right. so like also, maybe look at yeah. Very good. Very good. No, no, I, I'm done. That was kind of my thought. Oh, I was gonna man, say also remember to sell card. all of your sell all of your modern garbage that you're not using. I call everything garbage, but sell all of your modern stuff that you're not using before the announcement of the next master set, like Leyline of the Voids and all of your chat like engineered explosives, anything like that that you're not using, just push it out the door because we are absolutely waiting for another master set to blow a bunch of people out of the water with. Yep. I'm. I mean, honestly, I was never selling Vendelian clicks at like thirty-five or whatever. Now that they're fifteen, it's just like crazy churning. I think it's way better for people in our situation, Doug. We're like paying like eight to ten on Vendelian click and then selling them for fifteen all day on TCG is just like way easier than the alternative. Um, and yeah, it's impossible to sell Mox Opal to somebody at like a hundred dollars. I had to put them all on TCG for like $3 below everyone else, and it still took two weeks to sell eight box opals. I was not happy. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm just reiterating because I read the Venmo plan while you guys were yelling at each other, uh, or the PayPal fee increase, it's 1% of all Venmo that you're uh, like taking out of Venmo and putting into PayPal. It's now 1%, and a lot of the younger MTG finance people use Venmo. So if you were using Venmo instead of PayPal, because like the fees can be lower, uh, there's now an extra fee added on. So it's specifically if you're using Venmo and transferring to PayPal. So irrelevant to everybody. Well, I mean, I have a lot of people that pay through PayPal, that pay through Venmo. Um, and I still have silver bars that I got paid in this year, which, yeah, that's going to be great. But there's interesting ways to... Free from Venmo to your bank account over time, right? If you don't care about how long it takes. I wouldn't know. I'm not, I'm not looking exactly at it. I was just browsing through yeah. specifically the the bulletins where it referred to uh, the interface of PayPal and Venmo. I see. Um, I'll go through the rest throughout the cast. But it's interesting to see, like, we have three options where it's old school, modern, and standard. And, like... People are fire selling on Twitter. Like the old school is what I'm tuned into the most. And there's a ton of people like getting out of the stuff that's like doubled this, doubled or tripled this year. Um, I would just wait until after Black Friday or like on Black Friday if you already have a good deal lined up. 
Because I, I think the more patient you are going into the end of this year, and it's going to be better for you, especially since we won't see the same returns next year compared to this year. I don't think it can statistically happen that we have another like 150% increase on the reserve list across the board. Yeah, you have a limited number of nostalgia people getting back in. Right. It's not even that. It's like crypto. People were able to sell out of crypto, pay their taxes in February. And then go crazy in March and April. And like we don't have the crypto market backing us up this year. That too. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Also with, you know, tariffs and all that, not talk, getting into the specific politics. Like it's getting harder and harder for a lot of people to move cards between international markets when it comes to declaring and paying fees on them. Uh, and the economy uh, for certain industries is not as hot. And I have a lot of customers from a certain industry that's like a niche market. And because of the price of steel, they're like losing their jobs and can't afford to buy cards anymore. So they're selling their cards. So those are less people that are able to um, pour money into the market, I guess you could say. So it's just interesting to think about. That's all. Jim, do you want to hit us with the uh, credit winner of the week? Right, so our uh, our winner this week is Brett Isaacoff, and he asks, how much do you think the MTGO set redemption impacts prices of new cards? I've been advised to wait on picking up a few cards from Guilds of Ravnica until set redemptions begin, because I have no immediate need to play with them, and I'm wondering how much I can reasonably expect to save. Um... Normally, I would say that you could wait for redemption and you might see some prices shift a little bit. Honestly, it really depends on what kind of cards you're looking to buy. If you're looking to buy Shocklands specifically, I don't think that waiting really changes a whole lot. Um, but I will note that I'm not sure that there's going to be as much redemption of this set as there has been previously because MTG Arena is an open beta and you can draft there for free. And I know a lot of you people... You can draft an arena for free? Yeah, the whole thing is, is free to play. It's just like Hearthstone. Well, I thought it like costed... like I thought you had to buy gems or whatever and then use those to draft. No, I'm pretty sure you can enter with the free-to-play stuff. Like You just have to earn enough to continue. Like You can just rattle off drafts without spending any money, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it's, it's you can play for free. I see. But... Even if you don't play, even if you don't play for free, the amount of people that are playing MTG Arena to play Standard and to play Draft is significantly higher than it used to be. Like, there's there's a non-zero portion of people that are now playing that instead of playing on MTGO, and I think that that will negatively impact the number of sets that end up getting redeemed. Such that I'm not sure how much set redemption is actually even going to impact your ability to lower the card prices because. Honestly, I'm not even sure that set redemption for M19 is even allowed anymore. Like I can't they, wait till they just kill redemption. I can't wait. It's going to be very soon. I, they're very slowly making it less and less time that you have to do redemption and cost more and more to do it. Eventually, it's going to go away. I don't know when, but sometime soon. Honestly, I don't think I'd worry about it that much. If you want to wait, just wait till December. Buy them on Christmas. If you don't want to wait, just buy them now. I don't think it matters all that much. Ed, what are your uh, thoughts? Uh, Redemption is kind of an odd animal. Um, I, I think you guys are right. I think it's one of those things that's just constantly been a thorn in uh, <clears throat> in Wizard's side. Um, I think, like, you know, when they first went from, was it, like, probably three or four years ago at this point, when they changed it from redeeming uh, a set for $5 online to now it's $25 online, um, that deterred, and, like, was it? I was going to say, and that was, like, years ago, too. Yeah, yeah. It's been forever. Think, it was like back in Khan's block, I think. I think it was even earlier than that, but regardless, right? Yes. Like, um, that probably turned off like a lot of those small time people. You obviously still have the whales that re are redeeming like hundreds of sets a week. But I imagine like with this kind of nature, like just shortening the window, um, it gets harder and harder. That being said, it does feel like a bit of aggression. I think that was like the one kind of bridge that Wizards had going for them because it was a good way for them to bring um to get some of the magic online players into real life like those are far and few in between but i think just kind of the notion that like it, like in theory if you like if all you did was drafted you could get to a point where like in theory you could turn it into like a full set in um 
uh, in paper. I think the lure was there. Granted, those people were far in between. If all you did was draft, you were probably cashing in most of your um, uh, draft decks into tickets to get more drafts anyways. But it was always there for people. Um, you have some very odd things that happen to Moto as a result. Generally, like, foil mythics were just always the correct thing to take. Um, mainly because it's such a huge bottleneck uh, for redeeming foil sets that foil mythics generally just had, like, an absurd multiplier. Um, had an absurd multiplier compared to, like, just anything else. Um, that being said, um, I think, I think like Jim said, if, you're, like, if your question is specifically referring to Shocklands, you're really not going to save much. I had, like, a bunch of people asked last week. Um, their questions were related to waiting on Guilds of Ravnica for cards. Um, Shocklands, those have just kind of transcended uh, like what your like standard card should be. There's just too many people who want to buy them, whether it be for new art, for people who want to like buy into modern or whatever, that for the most part, it's really, really hard for stores to keep these in stock. As soon as you get them online or just have them in store, people are probably going to be buying them right away. So uh, like if you want to be patient, like wait for a deal or something, like wait for Black Friday, get some sort of like credit kickback or wait for TC player sale to get like a 5% kickback or something. But you're really not gonna like you're not gonna get chocolates for like three to four dollars. Like I think that might be kind of what people are expecting. If you're expecting like kind of a normal trend for what standard cards should be. We haven't been selling that many shocklands, but we've been buying a lot of them. So I'm interested to see where the price goes in like a month. Because a, a lot of people ask me for new art. Yeah. Are your players enfranchised or not enfranchised though? Mix. Okay, mine are mainly enfranchised at most places, and so, like, they already have theirs, and so they're like, oh, I just wanted, you know, whatever commander crud out of the box that isn't a Shockland, and they sell me the Shocklands, and I'm just like, eh, I'll sit on them, whatever. Um, how much do I think they impact the price of new cards, and you say that you have no immediate uh, use for them, then just wait, like Ed said. Like, Ed is generally right when it comes to these types of questions. So... I'd follow Ed's advice. Except Bitcoin. Yeah, except Bitcoin and Facebook stock. Jim, where can people leave a question to win next week since they keep asking me on Twitter how to leave a question? I think it's a well, meme at this point. But I think you've done this to yourself. Yeah, but, we had like 10 people ask me this week, hey, where do I leave a question? So, Yeah, so Brett, uh, send me an email at cartelaristocrats at gmail.com and I will... Get you your $25 gift certificate to CoolStuffInc.com. If you'd like to win next week, please leave a comment on our the article that will go up on Tuesday, October 16th. Uh, you leave a question on the CoolStuffInc.com page, and if you get chosen, you can win $25 of CoolStuffInc.com store credit. Thanks. And uh, keep asking questions, because some weeks we have a lot of, like, we have dozens of questions, and some weeks we have three. So, I, I don't know. It's like either or. Um, other than Guilds of Ravnica, other than the market sort of contracting, and other than um, Magic Set Redemption, do you guys want to talk about uh, the Masterpiece boxes since we've had another week of sales data? The Oh, the Guilds of Ravnica crap. Yes, Guilds everything is garbage uh, and or crap according to Doug. So... Except 10 cent cards. Well, they're no longer 10 cents. Do you want to talk about the fact that Bylas are no longer 10 cents of Balkers? Uh, I mean, I think that was expected with the increased print run over the course of the past like four or five years. Okay, so like, basically every major vendor is paying 8 cents. When do you think we see a move? 10. Okay, but when I do you think, think we see a move to 5 cents by Star City, etc.? I thought it was 8. It is eight. When do you think we see it move to five? Oh, when do you think we see it move to five? Uh, like probably three or four years down the road. Most vendors like on site at GPs only pay five cents now just because it's a pain in right. the butt to like track them back wherever you came from, unless you're like local. Uh, if you find like if you go to a Miami or Orlando GP and you to ask cool stuff if they'll pay tens, they might say yes. Um, just because it's a shorter drive for them, but. Like I'm still absolutely fine with buying bulk rares, even like. I'll still absolutely pay eight to 10 cents on bulk rares and then just throw them in a box, like a quarter bin or whatever for local players, commander players, casual players love just digging through 
cheap cards to build that pad their commander decks with because there's actual good cards in there that have just been reprinted to death. And then once every three or four months, you just dig through it. You spend an hour digging through a five row and then you pull out like some rattle chains, some uh, some Zendikar resurgence or just some two to three dollar cards that have spiked since then. So I always love bulk rares because there's a there's an easy and simple method to just like slowly push them out at 2x what you paid and then every now and again you just hit gold. So bulk for to, life. To be fair, and I think everyone agreed with this sentiment up until this year, we never thought bulk rares would go below 10 cents. I mean, people had talked about like, yeah, there's more bulkers, but we didn't really see a major decrease in any buy prices across the board until Star City started last year during Thanksgiving with the 50% trade-in bonus. Yeah. So. I think it was longer than that. It was like two years ago. For Star City? Yeah. No, it was Thanksgiving of last year. We've talked about it on this cast where they promised in January they promised in January of 2018 uh, on Quiet Speculation in December because Ben's an insider. He like posted, he's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go back to our normal buy prices on January. And then they came out in January at the statement that said our customers like it so much we're gonna keep it this way. And then last Monday they slashed their buy prices again, but kept the 50% trade in, which we talked about last week on the cast when you didn't show up. Whew. So yeah, uh, they, they cut their bios again. Card Kingdom cut their bios again on old school specifically. Nothing else really changed. And ABU, as everyone knows, cut their bios on everything. So just uh, something to keep in mind. Ed, have you, do you have any feelings on bulk rares? Since basically every listener has access to some amount of bulk rares. Uh, I'm pretty much opposite, Doug. I don't want to transport it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, yeah, you have a bit of a different operation than I do. Right, right. Yeah, I like like everything I own can fit on the U-line rack. Um, right. I don't. I I don't have room to like have boxes of bulk. Um, but I mean, like, you it's also not something that I do. And there's also that. Yes. Um. <laughs> Right, like I like I'll go through bulk rares, I'll pick bulk bins. Um, right, but I'm just not gonna buy bulk in in the dark. And like I certainly don't don't need to be like buying bulk to with the hopes of like flipping to someone like later. That's 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 just not what I do. So just yeah. not my area of expertise. Everybody has different markets and everybody has different specialties. Now what's Jim's market? A consumer casual garbage. Yes. Yes. Exact. Casual, shiny garbage. <laughs> Specifically, shiny garbage. Yes, you are the you are the magpie of garbage. That is what we have decided. Jim, do you need a foil scourge of the throne from conspiracy? Oh my god, that card's so expensive. No, it's yeah. This is what the same. Like, like yes, I would like one. No, I would not like to pay what it actually costs. That's his wedding gift. Boom. Done. You Ooh, don't even have to get idea, idea. You could yeah. You could slide that into the into the card. Jen will be very, actually Jen will be more happy than I am because I was debating giving you magic cards to your birthday instead or wedding instead of money. I was really thinking about it. Magic cards I'm, are money. Uh, yeah, as I say, they're they're kind of the similar things. Like, isn't the wedding registry supposed to be a bunch of stuff that you won't actually want to buy, but you don't want to have other people buy for you? Oh, I mean, I may have not looked at that. So yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was. That's not the question I asked you. The question I asked you was: Isn't that wedding registry supposed to be a bunch of stuff that you don't that you want, but you don't want to buy, but you don't mind other people buying for you? I, I, I don't know, know. how those coasters working out. Yeah, they're fantastic. I just wish you had your name on it at the beginning, so I wasn't really <laughs> confused when I was like, "Where did these come from?" Yeah. Well, bulkers are always interesting. It's always an interesting topic to see where people land on them. Um. How do you guys feel about snow-covered lands and like the Tron lands? Because they're both going up. I know Doug's had success selling them on Twitter and TCG and whatnot. But do you guys think that we're going to see a reprint of either of those next year? You, Tron, you know my yes. feelings on the Tron lands. But Tron, like, yes, snow, no. You don't think we're getting snow-covered basics next year yeah. at any point? The next nope. time I think they'll do snow-covered basics is in a commander precon or all commander precons. Like they might do like five monocolor snow basic precon decks or something like that. I, they're hard to put in a master set too, because master sets don't have basics. Exactly. That's why so, I think it's it's going to either be in like a uh, uh, commander precon or like some random like if they do something like a guild kit in the future, they could put snow basics in there, like how they do the special they, guild basics. Have they ever? Has Mark Rosewater ever mentioned like where they are in the storm scale? He said there's no way that they're going to be reprinted. He definitely didn't say that. Definitely didn't say that, Jeremy. 
Uh, I don't know where Snow Basics are on the Storm scale, but cards that have Storm have gotten reprinted in a couple of memory sets. Yeah. Least, the things that he's talking about are specifically for standard That's legal true. sets. true. The Storm scale is for a standard set specifically. Do you guys want to make any hot predictions on what we'll see reprinted next year? Uh, any snow card... is a 7, by the way. So okay. snow, Snow-Covered Lands could actually come back. Because seven basically means that they just need to find the right a very yeah a very specific spot for it. Return to Tarkir, and then there'll be snow-covered islands, mountains, and forests, and that's wow. it. I've got a good one. <laughs> All right, name one card next year that's going to be reprinted 100% besides Soul Ring or anything in Commander. Like what Doug said, engineered explosives earlier, which is a really good one. Like yeah. if you guys if you guys think that there's one card, and Doug, you have to choose a new one. I know I'm making it so tough for you. That you think is going to get reprinted next year? Go for it. Is the next Ravnica set next year? It's in January, right? I was yes. gonna say, I was gonna say, like stopping ground. Oh my god! You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I see. I was gonna not pick a thing that we obviously know is getting reprinted. I was gonna say Debtor's Nail. Oh, in the Guild Kit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do one that's actually tough. That's actually tough. Yeah. Uh, like, are we trying to get it wrong? Is that what you're asking yeah. us to do? No, like, pick one that is obviously not in guilds. Ghost Quarter. That's a good one. I don't know what it'll be in, but it'll be in something. Ed? Mothable. That's also a good one. Jim? Um, Snapcaster Mage. Uh, it's been oh, two, it'll, be, it'll be two years, so yeah. I'll take the under. I'm going to go with Frexian Altar. I think Jason's Please. right about that card. Oh, I'll also take the under. Yeah. So. Not making a bet, but I'll take the under. <laughs> it is done with the bet. I actually agree on Altar. I think Altar gets hit. I think they I think they hit Altar in Commander, or they like put it in Eternal Masters 2 it's next a year. Rare in a Master set for sure. Eternal Masters 2. Here we go. Frexian Altar at Rare. So. Let's do it. If they put it at Mythic, I will be big pissed. <laughs> as I opposed guess. to little pissed which is what you normally are <laughs> yeah if they put it at mythic i think that card would sack in my opinion so it's whatever what does that even mean that was terrible <laughs> instead of that suck it would sack wait 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 wait, wait. time out time out time out can i revise my can i revise my pick because yeah. i realized i should have picked something different uh oracle of muldaya oh yeah please, yeah please one time <laughs> Uh, I've been those for thirty on TCG player. It's insane. I I have I have gotten the okay from uh, cool stuff. If they get the preview card of Oracle of Ludia for a master set, I will spoil it. I've got that in a verbal agreement. One of our uh, listeners said he thinks that Noble Hierarch is going to get hit next year. So it should for people watching the live stream. Uh, yeah, because they're going to change the RPTQ. Wait, do RPTQs exist next year? They oh. exist now. This card season is the last season yeah. for them. Okay. Or, so then there will then be this, season qualifying, this, this season is qualifying for the last RPT ever. Right. So then there's no RPTQ promos after this one, presumably. And that's double hierarch right now, right? Yeah. And then I'll leave you guys with one more prediction and then we'll get into pick of the week. Because this has been like, I miss the old cartel. No one's bashing each other. We're all talking over each other. This is like quintessential. Well, that's because you pissed Travis off so much he left. Yeah, pick the GP promo for next year. Pick the GP promo? Yeah. For Wait, the Magic Fest promo? Sure, whatever whatever you want to call it. Well, no, it's still the GP promo because you don't get it for going to the Magic Fest. You get it for going to the GP. That is true. It's fair. Technicality. Uh, that's, that's a good one. I feel like it'll be something like super goofy. Like just something that like probably like should be reprinted, but it's to be like a legendary creature or something. That being said, like Progenus was kind of a disaster, so like Mutavault was a good change because uh, Mutavault is kind of a four of card. Mutavault was great. Lightning Bolt. No, no, please. it's got to be a rare. Does it? I think so. I feel like they could give like a Lightning Bolt. Like, has there ever been like an uncommon GP promo? I don't think so. I think they've all been rares or mythic. Because Batter Skull was mythic. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. sorry, rare or mythic. And Gristlebrand. Yeah. All right, pick it. What's the promo? Uh, I, 
I'm like thumbing. I'm like thumbing through stuff now. Just uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm looking too. Right, there's a lot of good ones. Like you would think, like Bitter Blossom or Fulminator Mage, but Fulminator Mage is too narrow. It has to be something that like retains secondary market value, but also appeals to competitive players. So I mean, we had we had Progenitus last Extraction year. would be a good one. That's actually a pretty good call because they've got to have whatever it is. In yeah, Extraction is good, but it's not. Extraction is good, but it's harder to appeal to like the casual dirtles, though. They don't always appeal to casual dirtles. Who wants to play Mutaball? Like, not that many. It's a, creature. it's a tribal card. Everybody wants to play tribal cards. Okay, but like they also did Gristlebrand. That's banned in Commander. That's a casual card, though. Yeah, that's like, a casual card. Those 60-card players, man. Yeah. Alright, Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. That's a Do good one. it. You like won't. No, that's a good one. I, th- I like that idea. Uh, Avacyn, Angel of Hope. I don't think they'll do Avacyn because they've hit her so many. They've hit her three times in like the last three years. She got yeah, a, judge a Judge promo, from Iconic Masters, and a From the Vault. So, I don't know. It's just like and it, maybe like Celestial Colonnade. It, I don't know. It's like something that is going to tank whenever they spoil it and then go back up over time, like almost every Grand Prix promo besides Progenitus. And even Progenitus rebounded to some degree. Collected Company. Coco? Yeah. I mean, Etherbio would also be a good one. I don't think they hit Vile right after Iconic Masters, but I think, I think Coco is a very strong possibility. All right. Well, speaking of picks, let's get into pick of the week. Ed, as always, you are unprepared, so let's see what you have to offer this week. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think I won't be kind of be looking at like controlish cards in standard, things that like could spike but haven't spiked yet. Um, I think like if you're trying to get on the Golgari train, like it's a little bit late now since that, you know, all those have just gone. Like, um, I was kind of looking at things like like maybe like Carnage Time is pretty expensive. And it would be kind of odd if that spikes because that would just make Exxon boxes just like so expensive. Um, just in terms of from the EV perspective. So I kind of thought about doing that, but it feels like we're a little ways away from that. I don't think it's a bad idea to buy them now if we do see control that get popular, since there's just basically like no good way to deal with Connor Chiron standard except for like cleansing Nova. I think that's probably like the only one. Um, I still like search for Escanta. I like there's like some control decks that have already done well. Already also seems to be kind of a big component of like the blue red like Drake deck, which I thought was like kind of like one of the more novel decks that was that kind of had like a good theme around it rather than just like you know black green like good cards in standard. Um, not really sure. Like a lot of my good standard picks have like already gone expensive. Um, so. Yes, I, round of applause I, for Ed and Jim hitting literally everything the last two months. Like you guys right, have actually like, seriously just called everything. Yeah, so. I really like. I think just I think we had said like if you're looking to make money on standard, like this is the best time to, or like a month ago would have been the best time to buy standard. Um, I think like Lilian Untouched by Death is so cheap. I think it's like a sub like I think it's like three dollars or if even that at this point. I don't think that's a bad one to buy. Lilia, like traditionally, Lilia planeswalkers have always done well. You either have the super casual ones like Dark ones Realms. Like Dark Realms just sells infinite. Lilia yeah. best sells infinite. Uh, even like Lilia Death Majesty, it's rotated. It hasn't really gone down. So like at six dollars right now, six eight dollars, I think. Um, it's hard to keep those in stock. It, it just seems to kind of like be like a perennial perennial favorite because some combination of like zombies plus milling or like tutor or you know some stupid thing like that just always does well with people i think like uh like a thousand dollars is a lot but like a hundred dollars i think i'd be okay picking up like you know 40 copies or like 30 copies of uh untouched by death doug what do you have this week i feel comfortable picking this as my pick here because i already used it on brainstorm brewery but not here wait but did you use it on bsb this week no, it's like a month ago or something. I go for it. Uh, for those two people that listen to this and not BSB. Ooh. Uh, Torment of Hellfire is going to be a ten dollar card this today, like a year from now. Wait, are we making a bet on this? Sure. Ooh. I think you you're have, right. Do you have anything to weigh in here? Do you have any experiences you might want to share with Doug before he goes into a bet with the devil? There's two reasons why I don't want to disagree with Doug here. One is he's probably correct because he knows how to identify casual cards ahead of time. And two is because it's relatively easy to buy out all the copies under $10 a year from now and win the bet. So, I mean, have you ever played, have you ever played that card? 
Yeah, like, it's, it's the best fireball ever it's, printed. It's very, very close to being a black cyclonic rift, right. in my opinion. So the reason why I'm hesitant to do a card bet price is another vendor made a bet last week or a month ago as Ed saw that foil assassins trophy would be a $25 foil a week after release. And my logic was I will buy every copy under $25 because you are literally giving me one, two to one odds. So I could bet $500 and then buy a thousand dollars worth of assassins trophies, get a thousand dollars and get all those assassins trophies for free. So I will pass, but I do think you're correct. Jim? <laughs> uh, my pick this week is Azure's Gateway. It's pretty cheap, and I think I probably picked it before, but uh, I've seen a lot of people playing it in the standard in the control mirror matches, and if the natural state of things goes from like everyone playing dirtily mid-range decks to everyone playing dirtily control decks... I picked this already. I, you know, that's still fine. We can, we can both pick the same things. It's not like the end of the world, but I think it's a good pick. Just a reminder if you didn't read it or watch when Ed picked it. If you want a different thing, though, I would look at Engrath the Flame Chained because it is a Planeswalker that is in the colors of the guild in the next set and uh, could be expensive. I don't know. It's gone Do down a bit. like stealing other people's picks before they go? I had a whole reasoning on this card and like why it was good because it had seen play in the red-black aggro deck and that there could be another Rakdos aggro deck and then you just came in and dunked me. I mean, like, at this point, you just, like, go down the list of mythic rares and rares from Ixalan block because nobody bought any because everyone thought it was awful and because you couldn't play any of the cards because of how good the Kaladesh and Amonkhet stuff was. Dude, this doesn't exist. You can literally just pick any mythic rare or rare, and it'll probably be more expensive than it is today. I own exactly six copies of this, like everywhere, and I was looking at it when I got in this morning, and I was like, "Yeah, this does not seem right." And I like researched like arbitrage opportunities and like the bias spread, and I was like, "Yeah, this seems like a good pick for this week." And then the spread on this card is like eighteen percent, which is pretty good for a planeswalker. So. Um, I guess I'll go with a backup pick. This is a $2 rare from Ixalan that is now $5 based off solely casual play. A $2 rare that's $5? Yes, it was like $2 two months ago. Vanquisher's Banner? Yep. Uh, Doug, Doug is very good at this, obviously. Uh, this card sees still zero play in Modern or Legacy and... I think this is going to be the new coat of arms. I think this will be an $8 card like two years from now. I don't know why it's so high right now, especially with more Exelon boxes being open to compensate for the rise in prices. But this seems like a relatively easy one because casuals just say, oh, creature type draw cards. So. I mean, I, I, it's better than coat of arms, I think, most of the time. Yeah. Ed? Uh, I really, really like this one. It's I've actually been hoarding a lot of copies that I've like just like been buying. I think I've been hoarding them for like a month or two now, probably up to like close to hundred copies. Um, well, at least you're being honest about how many you own this time. I I'm always honest about what I own. Um, uh-huh. uh, what was I gonna say? Um, the uh the tribal types in Ixalan that do well, both vampires and uh merfolk blue green and black white don't exist yet they they won't exist until uh Ravica allegiance so like in addition to getting like a slightly better mana with breeding pool and um god the shrine uh i like if there's any support for those i imagine like well like we'll probably see those pop so like i like i mentioned like at the beginning of the cast like if you want to look towards like radical allegiance start looking for those cards um Right, like like Jim uh, kind of nailed it with Rakdos um, Angrath because like if there's Rakdos deck, right, that that's the Blackwood Planeswalker you need. So um, like if you want to start thinking ahead, I don't think like like this is a bad time to get now. All very good picks of the week, guys. So where can people find you for more awesome knowledge? Uh, I'm at Edwin13 on Twitter. I'm in Japan for another week, and then I will be at Jim's wedding in uh, Grand Prix, New Jersey on Saturday and Sunday, and then I'll probably go get my head shaved on Monday, and then I'll be at Turtle Weekend on Thursday, and GP Atlanta on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And make sure to take pictures with good old Baldy over there. 
Someone now, also from the live stream asked if Doug would be willing to shave his head over Torment of Hellfire, but I'm not taking that bet. So, Doug, what is where can people find you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rose of Thorns. I sell magic cards on Twitter a lot under the hashtag Card Garden. Uh, I will be at GP Atlanta. I'll be at Jim's wedding before then, but I'll be at GP Atlanta, Milwaukee, uh, Portland, and then pretty much every North American GP next year. Um, what happened to Jeremy? I guess we're still live. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's quiet for once in his life. Agreed. Uh, yeah, Rose of Thorns on Twitter and 95MTG at GPs. And my name is Jim Casale. You can find me on Twitter at PHROST underscore. You can find my articles every other week on CoolStuffInc.com. You can find me on this glorious podcast um, telling you which mid-range cards are great from the last set. And uh, you can find me in the OK state of Florida while it's still underwater. I'm Jeremy. You can find me at Missouri MTG. I will be at Jim's wedding for approximately 30 minutes next week, and then I'm off to go watch the League of Legends World Championships. I know Doug's got that C9, but uh, we got we got 100 thieves over here in the great state of Missouri. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as we noted last week, after Jim's wedding, there won't be a podcast following that week. We all need to, some time off and. Ed needs to catch up on his sleep. So just a reminder that next week will be the last cast for a little bit as we're all out of town or busy. Wait, wait, uh, I, thought I, was doing, I thought I was doing the one along next week. Yes. Well, you're, we're going to surprise them, Ed. But, uh, you know. Uh, okay, got it. Well. Uh, I guess Ed will be doing a solo 60-minute cast for all of the listeners where he regales you with his tales of sitting in economy. Um, yeah, you if you actually want, us? like, six minutes of good information, then listen to me talk. <laughs> yes, actually, we did get on Reddit somehow people recommended us as an mtg finance cast and they said we talk too much about stuff that isn't finance but they also said that about bsp and then jason went in there and yelled at them so that sounds like a very jason thing to have happen <laughs> um you can find us on twitter at cartel underscore finance you can find us on soundcloud itunes our sponsor is coolstuffinc.com youtube mtgcast.com and that's pretty much it thanks again doug for coming on it's just like the old times Thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning into the live stream. And as always, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.